it is obvious what the end of season goal should be. It should be a national championship. That's what's realistic. Being back in the playoff and being in a fight for your life against the teams we've talked about before for that national championship. That's what should be a realistic end of season goal for Georgia right now. Anyone who thought there was going to be dramatic regression for the dogs, they've turned out to be wrong. Georgia won a national championship last year. They may win their second here this year. They can go for number two. And that's what we're going to talk about here around here. You're going to hear me use this hashtag a lot. You're going to see me throw up the two fingers uh, a lot because that's what it's going to be moving forward. Georgia right now has a chance to go for two and 22. And 15 players that are now gone to NFL uh, camps or draft picks, they're gone. And we have some returning players, but they're hungry as ever. People have asked the question, how does it feel to be hunted? We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Great teams can win games in different ways. You don't have a narrow path to victory. You got to do it in a defensive grinding game if necessary. You have to win a shootout. You have to do it where the key guy gets injured. You have to come from behind. You have to protect the lead. I mean, Georgia's been through those things now. You sweat together, you bleed together. Um, and it is, it's to create a program that's like this. And, uh, you know, extremely proud of that. And, uh, you proud to be a part of it. The journey is what we do this for and um, we've come a long way since this time last year. These guys have done everything we've asked. I've, I've just been so pleased with the mental makeup and the character of this team. This is what we set out to do this year. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, lot, of, lot of people who doubted us, a lot of people who, uh, you know, and I know people are going to be like, well, no, no, we didn't. Well, yeah, you did. And so we, we went to work, and we took it week by week, and now we're here. So um, I, think, I think that's really special. Hello, Dog Nation. I am Brandon Adams. This is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans presented by Pella Window and Door of Georgia. And we are in Los Angeles and we are ready for the moment. Georgia trying to bring home national championship number two in the Kirby Smart era. And it was so fun to go back and look at some of that stuff, including the episode of Dog Nation Daily from the summer when we brought out the idea of go for two the very first time and the notion of i guess it was actually the early fall but the notion that hey a lot of folks are saying that georgia is going to regress that georgia's lost too much that georgia can't come back and do what it did it's going to be in alabama or it's going to be ohio state it's going to be one of those teams those are the teams that were ranked ahead of georgia to begin the season well as you look around Buckeyes, nowhere to be found. Georgia took care of that business back in Atlanta. Alabama, nowhere to be found. They've been rendered nothing but spectators here in this college football playoff. And the same team that finished atop the college football world last season is the same team that is there right now. And they're obviously looking, not with anything guaranteed and certainly not overconfident, but they are looking to finish that off here tonight as they get ready to take on TCU. And some of the stuff that you saw or you heard in the uh, montage that we just played included a, a discussion I had with Chris Fowler, who's going to call the game for ESPN. And by the way, if you want to check out the uh, Dog Nation video channels, uh, you can go back. This, it's archived for you on YouTube, for instance. You can go to the YouTube page and go back and see the full interview that I had with Chris Fowler. I do think it's worth your time if I do say so myself because Fowler told a really good story about – you know, what it's been like to be a part of so much of the Georgia history as of late. You know, he has the great call in the Sony Michelle touchdown Rose Bowl at the end of the 2017 season. He obviously had the Keely Ringo 
uh, touchdown in the national championship a year ago, and how many times have we heard that clip over and over again? Now kind of connected to Georgia through the thrilling Peach Bowl win from uh, last Saturday night. So we kind of talked about Fowler's connection to Georgia, so I think that part alone makes the interview worth your time. But in the clip you just heard a moment ago, the other thing that you hear from Fowler, he says that he already knew that Georgia was good. Georgia didn't have to prove anything to him in the way in which they played against Ohio State. But it was a different kind of game. And that's what Fowler was alluding to in that clip, the notion of, okay, well, you can win the, the, the low-scoring game if you need to. You can grind-it-out defensive game. You can do that if you need to. But beyond that, if you have to play the opposite kind of the game, because here's what we know. We know for a long time that was the one thing that a lot of folks either didn't know if Georgia could do, assumed that it couldn't do, loudly proclaimed that it wouldn't be able to. How many times have we heard that said? You know, Georgia, you can't, you can't win that kind of game. If you get into the shootout, if you get into the 40 to whatever game, you can't do that. Well, last week against Ohio State, that's exactly what Georgia did. And so if we use Fowler's word as our guide there, if we really, um, if we really use that as, as you know, our instruction, then all of a sudden now this is a Georgia team that arrives to Los Angeles even more battle-tested than it otherwise would have been because they've been now in a different kind of battle. Or maybe to say it better, at this point they may have been in every kind of battle that there can be. And so tonight, whatever TCU throws at you, and let's be honest here for a moment. I think to a degree we have to admit that TCU is a little bit of a mystery team when you look at them. It doesn't look like they match up particularly well with Georgia, whether you're paying attention to recruiting rankings that are written down in a sheet of paper or the heights and weights that you see on the roster, or if you're just kind of watching them. I've you know, been around the TCU team already a little bit this weekend here in Los Angeles by appearances, by looks. It almost doesn't look like TCU fits on the same field. Uh, yesterday in the joint press conference, which happened on the stage right behind where I'm standing right now, um, you know, you had, you know, Sonny Dykes and Kirby Smart. I think that Sonny Dykes is a great up-and-coming coach in college football, but from a resume standpoint, seemed almost a little bit out of, out of place compared to the kinds of coaches we've typically seen standing next to Kirby Smart in a, in, in a situation like this. And so because of that, most of us who follow this pretty closely would have been pretty surprised that TCU is the team that George is playing here right now. Because of that, there is a little bit of mystery and intrigue because you have to acknowledge while – you may not have expected TCU to be here. Undeniably, they have earned their way here. They did that during the regular season, you know, coming from behind, winning close, hard-fought games. Idiots like me constantly saying, well, their luck's going to run out, the whole hypnotoad magic, eventually that's going to go away. Uh, eventually that's going to erode, and it never really did. They lost the Big 12 title game, but at that point, I think most of us would say they'd already – pretty well cemented their college football playoff resume. They'd already taken care of business by the time they lost to Kansas State in the Big 12 title game. And then after that, they beat Michigan. That was another surprising result. Didn't quite expect to see that. So if you're a Georgia fan and you want to consider every possibility of, what well, you know, how can this play out? Is, the, is there a chance that TCU has some sort of surprise in store for Georgia? The same way it's been surprising teams, including Michigan, all season long, and you have to assume there's at least some chance of that. Otherwise, how could TCU have gone on the ride that it's gone on here over the course of its previous 14 games? And yet, 
you also kind of go back to what you've now seen from Georgia, not just because of the fact that it has one, and boy, oh boy, has it, to the tune of 14-0 and here this season with a chance to finish off a perfect season and a go-for-2-22 back-to-back national championship. But it's not just the fact that it has one. As Chris Fowler said in the montage of clips that we played a little bit earlier, it's also the way in which Georgia has won and the fact that now you've seen Georgia, to use a golf analogy here for a moment, essentially pull out every club in its bag. And at different points in times, it's had to be a different kind of team, and yet almost unfailingly, whatever kind of team that Georgia's been asked to be, they have been up to that challenge. So tonight, it's one more test. It's one more challenge. It's one more step towards perfection. 15-0 and and go for two and 22. And I'll say this real quickly and then we'll move on. Obviously, I like reveling in the idea that the teams that, as I said to start the show a minute ago, the teams that we were told are going to be here, they're not here. I, I like reveling in that. I like making fun of Alabama. I like laughing at Ohio State, the fact they're still whining about what happened in Atlanta. Obviously, as Georgia fans, we have a, a little bit of fun with that. But there's also part of this that's kind of fun and really kind of awe-inspiring beyond just who Georgia had to push aside to get here. I mean, there's just also something to the fact, and I tell you, in every conversation that I've had face-to-face over the course of the last few days, this comes up. Can you believe this? I mean, can you believe this is real? Can you believe this is happening? I even had a version of that with Brian McClendon, the Georgia wide receivers coach, in the interview that I did with him on Saturday because McClendon's obviously coaching this team, but he's also a former player. He's deeply entrenched, alumnus of this program. I mean, he's a stakeholder in all of this, and he kind of said the same thing. It's like, you look around, you just left to conclude, man, this is, this is just really, really something. And so I think there's a, a little bit of a, I guess, a sort of a dual task at hand here. On the one hand, finish the mission. Go for two and 22. Don't give TCU any reason to believe. Knock them out of this game for the word go. But on the other part of that, as you're doing it, Stop and smell the roses. You know, pay attention to where you are. Pay attention to what you're doing. Realize that Georgia may have made this look easy over the course of these last couple of seasons, but it is nowhere as easy in real life as, as Georgia has made it look. They are on an amazing journey. Who knows where it ends? Who knows how long it goes? Who knows even what happens tonight, if you just want to be uh, completely honest about it. But what we do know is this, is that those of us who have been along with them on that journey – Man, we've had a lot of fun, and I really do think that the most fun of all this season could still be yet to be had right here tonight. So my name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented by Pella Window and Door of Georgia. I am on the West Coast. It's very early. Somebody in the comments section said I looked bad. Uh, I do look bad today. I didn't have time to shave before the show. I'll be cleaned up and ready to go for the uh, game here tonight. But in- <laughs> So we have kind of a normal, like, sort of, like, prep schedule that we work the show on and so i'm trying to get some stuff ready for the show um very early in the morning try to do that and then eventually you look up and you're like oh gosh the show starts in 30 minutes i haven't i haven't cleaned up yet so i don't look great right now but i feel great i'm having a great time because who couldn't be having fun when you're out here in los angeles when you're doing all these things so it is very very early i'm essentially one of the very few people i saw um There was one of the ESPN shots here a little earlier. Other than that, there's not a whole lot of folks milling around right now for a game that's not slated to take place until later on this afternoon. Uh, So pretty quiet here at the media headquarters. I will tell you, it's also pouring down rain right now. It's expected to be very heavy rain uh, throughout the area here today. So um, already seeing some signs of that. So still dark, still raining. 
But, man, dog fans ready to go and excited about a, a wonderful, wonderful night here in Los Angeles. And I am excited about our great sponsors who make all this possible. I couldn't be in L.A., couldn't be doing what I was doing right now if not for our great friends like Pella Window and Door of George. And, by the way, when it's raining here like it is right now, it makes me think about those great, properly fitted, wonderfully efficient uh, Pella windows and doors because all that rain, all that weather, all that winter stuff, when that comes your way, you want it to stay on the outside where it's supposed to be. That's what Pella Window and Door of George is all about. It also makes your house look better on the outside, improve curb appeal. It's just a great way to be a great neighbor, but it's also a great way to potentially impact your resale value. Some of you thinking about that here in the new year, so great windows, great doors, always a great selling feature when you're looking forward to a you know, to put in your house on the market. And obviously, Pella Window and Door of Georgia can be a great asset for you there in that situation there, too. We've also got great savings to be aware of here, too. You know how great the product is, but you also want to save if you can. So how about a chance on that? Between now and February 25th, you can get 10% off your entire project or no payments, no interest for 12 months, plus an extra $500 off your project. Can you believe that? Amazing savings on that right now for the recognized brand leader when it comes to windows and doors. So here's what I want you to do. I either want you to stop by and see them in their experience center right there in Duluth, or I want you to give them a call. The number is 678-638-1429. That's 678-638-1429. You can also find them online, PellaofGA.com slash DogNation, PellaofGA.com slash DogNation. Just do me a favor. Whichever way you use, website, phone, in person there in Duluth, just tell them that BA from Dog Nation Daily said that they would take good care of it because I know they will. And uh, you tell them I said that because uh, I'm very, very confident they're going to do great things for you because Pella Window and Door of Georgia is viewed to be the best. All right, so here's what's coming up. It's a Monday. That means John Stinchcomb for us. We'll do a Marlowe's Tavern insider update with him coming up in just a minute. I also want to transition now to Around the Doghouse, assisted today by AAA. And obviously, we're on the road right now, so to speak. Uh, flew to get here, but nonetheless, we're on the road. We're thinking about our friends at AAA, and great to have them as a part of Around the Doghouse here today. And I'm going to transition to something. On Saturday, had a chance to catch up with Georgia tight end Darnell Washington. Now, Washington's been the most talked-about player going into this game. I got some video of him on Friday when the team arrived. It was very interesting in my comments section, my kind of mentions to watch the the debate ongoing of well, how well is he walking right now, uh, how hurt does he appear to be. No walking boot, as I pointed out, but as others pointed out, you know, not exactly moving the, the swiftest of foot, getting off that airplane, getting on the bus, and getting ready to go to that Georgia Georgia practice. We saw Georgia practice ourselves on Saturday. All we saw was yoga. And, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't notice Darnell doing the yoga one way or another. Obviously, you know, given what he's dealing with, I don't know that, that yoga would be too impacted by that anyway. But the point is, there is some mystery and intrigue about how healthy Darnell is if he'd be able to play. I asked him that question. He gave me probably the answer you would expect. And yet he also had some very interesting things to say about having this team a little closer to his neck of the woods here on the West Coast and also what it's been like to play in this tight end room with uh, Coach Todd Hartley and the excitement that the Georgia offense has right now on the heels of a very impressive performance against Ohio State. So around the doghouse here, assisted by AAA, let's hear from the man of the hour. Will he play tonight? Will he play effectively? Can he play the entire game? It's Darnell Washington on Dog Nation Daily. As a West Coast guy, being from Las Vegas, how much fun is it to have Georgia Pacific time zone right now? Uh, I mean, I've been in this time zone my whole life, so, I mean, I, I like it. It's nice to bring your teammates out here with you for change, though? Yeah, for sure. Uh, just, I mean, I know some guys probably never probably been on this West Coast or, yeah. So, I mean, just seeing them looking at stuff and be like, 
why is there no trees everywhere or like <laughs> it's like, like everything looked flat i was just like hey that's just you know that's how it is over here that's but, awesome i know you're not gonna answer this but gonna ask the question anyway uh, how healthy are you do you expect to play on monday uh i mean <laughs> kind of like you said I'm not <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like that's just more of a wrong course than a Kirby Smart sure. answer, yeah. Sure. Well, let me ask you a question you can't answer. What did you learn about your team this past uh, Saturday night? You know, it's a shootout-type game. It's a different kind of game than you played before. You found a way to score the points, need to win that. Is there extra confidence on your side of the ball, the offensive side that comes out when you have a performance like that? Uh, first things first, I feel like the thing, uh, what I learned about our team is our four DNA traits, like, we actually harp on them. And, uh, I mean – we we stay composed when when we post to and uh, toughness and stay connected as a unit as a whole and uh, I just feel like that's great to have on a team because if you have have you know a DNA trait and you guys actually like are bought into them then I feel like anything's possible. So whether it's you out there on Monday or let's say it's Oscar Dell, mm -hmm. how important are two tight end sets? Knowing the way that TCU plays you defensively with, I guess, that 3-3 stack defense, how important is that extra tight end, having those two tight ends out there on the field in a game like this? Uh, I feel like if it's a tight end or even if it's a left person or a receiver, uh, I feel like whoever's in uh, doing the job to the best of capability and, you know, we scoring points, I feel like that's, that's great. Uh, I mean, that's really tough. I'm going to get a little dial-up uh, with me if I'm going to play or if not. I feel like this week, Todd just, you know, I, I, like, I really don't know what he got up his sleeve this week, but hopefully, you know, he, he we pull it off. And it's been like working with Todd uh, Hartley as your tight ends coach. What's, what, what's that uh, position group been like for you? Uh, it, 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 this year has been kind of special because, you know, like I'm like the older guy. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, the first two seasons we had Fish Crouching and Trey McKitty, so I was more of a younger guy. So now since I, like, kind of took that step and, like, being an older guy and like the role of it is just just overviewing everything just like i'm like so this is how it feels to be an older guy i guess but uh i mean lots of personality different backgrounds and diff different everything so uh i mean i love these guys and they're special i like i like every every person in this group if it's a walk-on scholarship guy anybody like that so i mean i love them Darnell, best of luck to you yes, thanks for spending some time with us thank you So good stuff there with a Georgia tight end Darnell Washington, and I enjoy the conversation. And listen, Darnell's a good sport about it. Obviously, you got to ask him about the question. You know what he's going to say, and yet he still sort of laughs as he does it, which I, I kind of enjoy. And really, you know, kind of getting to know guys like Darnell a little bit more because I'm not in Athens on a regular basis. So media days like this, when you're on the road, that's one of the only times I have to kind of have that kind of conversation. And to be honest with you. It's it's way more relaxed than the typical media session is at Georgia, where it's very you know hard timed and you know kind of kind of scripted. Um, you know this is a little bit more relaxed than that. And I got to tell you, I thought the Georgia players did a great job in this environment. And and Darnell was terrific. We had a great interview with him prior to the Peach Bowl, and a great interview with him on Saturday too. It's fun to see his personality, and you could tell he's kind of excited about having guys on his side of the country and. I mean, the sense that I get is Darnell Washington is having a good time. And I think that he's certainly grown into the role of being a leader. I believe he's about to be a very well-paid man in the NFL draft. And while he's, I guess, finishing up his preparation for that by playing in this Georgia team, I, I just get the sense that he's having a really good time. And so I love seeing that side of Darnell Washington, no matter how effective he ends up being tonight. I love seeing that side of Darnell Washington. I guess if I'm going to be honest and admit here, 
you know, the sense that I get from talking to people kind of around Los Angeles, Darnell certainly wants to play. Kirby Smart's made that clear. Darnell wants to play. So he'll be in uniform and probably on the field. I think it remains to be seen, though, beyond that, how effective he'll be able to be. And obviously, in some form or fashion, a guy like Oscar Delp's going to be called on a lot more. Now, if you want to talk about what we talked about on Friday's edition of our show, the way in which Georgia just has measurably more talent than TCU, this is one of the areas in which that shows up. A guy like Delp, legitimately one of the best prospects in the entire country in the previous recruiting class. That's the guy you step in in the place of a guy like Darnell Washington, much the same way that Arian Smith got more playing time because of the fact that Ladd McConkey was banged up in the Peach Bowl and Amarius Mims uh, got a chance to start and by every indication that I've got, got really rave reviews for his performance playing in place of Warren McClendon last week as the uh, lights just went out on us here. How about that? Um, well, we may be moving. Uh, but the point here is is that um, – Oh, how about that? The point is, um, is that when Georgia has had to call on people to to step up and play, um, uh, they've had big time talented players waiting in the wings to be able to do just that. And obviously, exciting to see if it is Oscar Delt playing more tonight in place of Darnell Washington. Exactly what that might mean. But for now, fun to hear from Darnell as a part of around the doghouse. And I'll also say one more thing about this. In that a lot of the people in the comment section are kind of pointing out the fact that, I mean, Darnell just towers over me. And this is one of those things where, like, to be able to move around a room like this, you have to have a little bit of a handheld-type situation. And so, you know, I'm kind of shooting at a little bit of an odd angle compared to the way we might typically shoot something like this, the way that I'm kind of shooting myself with the camera right now. So it's a little bit of an odd angle. But nonetheless, I mean, Darnell towers over me. And by sort of basic, regular human standards, I'm considered pretty big. But you're around a guy like that. I mean, it's just, it's just he just engulfs me, engulfs me so um yeah very impressive uh young man for sure obviously a big part of why george is here for the national championship and we're obviously rooting for him to uh hopefully be able to be a contributor as georgia hopefully brings it home and as we say go for two and 22 uh, you would not have been able to do that without darnell washington so hopefully he kind of gets his moment here later on this evening all right so that's around the doghouse it's assisted by AAA, and of course as we said before AAA, a name we know for legendary roadside assistance but also a great name for you to know too when it comes to your auto, your home insurance uh, there as well. Because one of the things you can get with AAA through home insurance is one of the, it's called claim forgiveness. There's a lot of features and benefits that AAA offers just to sort of save you money. Creative things they can do to put a little bit more money back in your pocket. And this claim forgiveness is an example of that. Your first claim can be forgiven if you're insured and claim free with insurance to AAA for five years. That's what they want to do. Reward your loyalty and reward your um, uh, choice of them as your home insurance provider. AAA wants to take care of you on that. So you can find out more by going to AAA.com slash home insurance. AAA.com slash home insurance. You can also give them a call, 833-718-2075. That's 833-718-2075. That'll get you in touch with our friends at AAA. Okay, so it's Dog Nation Daily. Mondays for us typically means John Stinchcomb. We're going to hear from John here coming up. I'm probably going to have to move because the overhead lights that are here just went completely out on me. So it just got way darker very, very quick. So we'll see how that's going to work out. Uh, but we talked to John about the vibe in L.A., the feeling of trying to win a national championship, the comfort playing in a stadium for the first time as a player, 
big guy that John was, a little bit of an evaluation of how he thinks that Darnell Washington might be able to handle the, 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 the pain situation that he might be dealing with. A lot of ground gets covered. Always fun to talk to John. We recorded this yesterday, so it's pretty fresh, but not here live. I'm not going to make John get up at 7 o'clock in the morning, uh, local time out in L.A. when he's here to enjoy a football game. But it's our Marlowe's Tavern Insider Update. Hope you enjoy John Stinchcomb right here as a part of Dog Nation Daily. And you're on Dog Nation Daily. It's time for our Marlowe's Tavern Insider Update. Very special version of this. I'm in Los Angeles. John Stinch comes in Los Angeles there as well. We're recording this the day before it airs this Sunday afternoon. You're obviously watching this here on Monday morning. I didn't want to make John get up at 7 a.m. local time to do his normal Dog Nation Daily spot, so we're going to bring him on here on Sunday afternoon instead. John, I know you've been in L.A. now for a little while. Sounds like you and your family having a good time, getting ready for the game there on Monday night. What's it been like in the City of Angels for you all thus far? Well, so far it's been a dog takeover because everywhere I've been, it's been covered up in red and black. We uh, got in town last night, had a reception at the Grammy Museum, and now we've been kind of crossing all of L.A. And we're in Chinatown right now and have a couple more events before we'll actually get to a football game tomorrow night. Was in uh, Venice Beach a little bit on, I guess, Saturday night, and then rolling over to Santa Monica Pier in Hollywood a little bit last night. And pretty much the fans that we saw were all Georgia fans. There's also a pocket of like uh, Los Angeles residents that have no idea football games taking place here at all. Honesty does compel me to admit. But for the football fans we saw, it was all Georgia fans. I think I had one TCU fan yell at me at one point in time. Other than that, though, a pretty strong representation from this Georgia fan base. And it sounds like, John, a pretty strong representation as well uh, with your former Letterman uh fellow letterman there too it sounds like a lot of former dogs here looking forward to watch the guys who are currently playing on this team carry on that great legacy yeah well i flew in uh with dj was on my flight and my understanding there was you know a bunch of other dogs on, on a flight heading out last uh or yesterday morning ben watson and Corey phillips and there's you know there's a huge contingent of dogs that are descending upon la right now that uh here to support the cause and you know, we recognize it, it was 40 years. And when you get back-to-back opportunities, we don't want to be that spoil, spoiled kid that says, hey, we've already been there and done that because uh, we certainly recognize it was such a rare occurrence that uh, we want to appreciate being in the good days that uh, we find ourselves in. And, you know, most of the time when you – it's always a hindsight situation where you're looking back and say, man, those were the good old days. I wish I recognized them when I was in them. And I think for Georgia, that's where we find ourselves and we have the awareness to say these are the good days. When you look at one of the key storylines in this game, it's obviously whether or not Darnell Washington is going to be able to play. And I was actually talking to my colleague, Connor Riley, and he was referencing something you once said years ago about the difference between for a big guy like Darnell, whether it be a lineman or just a big tight end, you know, that maybe like a ligament issue compared to a bone issue and kind of what that means for a guy like that, having the mobility required to come out and be a big part of this game plan on Monday. Neither one of us are medical professionals, but the sense that I get, John, is that Washington's going to have his uniform on. I think he's going to try to play. Obviously, as Kirby Smart said, the game means a lot to him because it is a national championship, but also he's as close to home as any game he's ever played in his college career, being a a Las Vegas guy. He's in the Pacific time zone here. Uh, But all that said, while Washington is certainly, I think, going to really try to give it a go seeing him walk around a little bit it certainly seems like he's more ginger than normal as he takes those steps how effective would you assume a guy like washington's going to have a chance to be tomorrow night 
Well, I'm sure he'd be limited in some fashion, but uh, like Connor recognized as a bigger player, uh, can he generate the power? And he's such a force in the run game, and most of his plays are straight ahead, even in route running. He's not one of those uh, wide receivers or running backs that's cutting and juking quite like uh, some do. So if he's able to, if he's got the power and the strength in the joint, then I would expect to see him. And, you know, as fortune would have it, I've ridden on the elevator twice since I've been here uh, (laughs) with him. And he's getting on and off the elevator really well. So take with that what you will. That's your live report here from L.A. is Darnell Washington's able to get on and off an elevator uh, with very little complication. How that translates to a football field, yet to be determined. I like that. That's a uh, that's the kind of inside information we expect from you here, John. That's uh, really good stuff. Take me back to being a guy playing in a Super Bowl because I think that's a similar situation what George is going through here right now. And the sense that I get is is that both these teams are trying to figure out exactly what the right plan is for this. Now, obviously, Georgia played in a national championship a year ago, but it wasn't nearly as long a flight to get from Athens to Indianapolis as it is to get to Los Angeles. And so the sense that you get is, do you have that really hard, intense practice at home and then get on the plane and fly, but then that could leave you fatigued once you get here because you're adding the wear and tear of a practice to kind of the general fatigue we all feel when we're kind of cooped up in an airplane for a real long time. Georgia chose to have its practice yesterday in SoFi Stadium, whereas TCU chose to practice off-site yesterday. Uh, You've obviously kind of been through this, the big neutral site game. For you, it was the Super Bowl, and I guess you were at the Super Bowl City longer than Georgia's going to end up being here in L.A. for this national championship. But in terms of football teams and coaches and players, they love to keep it the same. They love to keep it normal but there's an element of these types of games that almost makes it impossible to call it your normal pregame routine this game's a monday george used to playing on saturday as a for instance are you interested in the way in which these coaches try to figure out how can we kind of maintain some sort of routine when everything about the way we do this is different because of where we're playing the game yeah i think you're trying to look for every advantage you can at every turn and for georgia Uh, at least for the staff, maybe not every player recognizing that so many are new faces to this team that weren't a part of last year's national championship, but recognizing what your team needs, uh, understanding that this isn't the first time they've been in a neutral site and and have to uh, prepare um, in foreign territories, if you will. I think that's an advantage for Georgia. I don't think the moment is going to be too big and they're able to focus on what's going to help them succeed once they do take the field. So, yeah, you're trying to find as normal a routine as possible. And for Georgia, having been in hotels and in cities away from town where you have to bus to practice, that's something that's not uncommon for them. And it's becoming commonplace almost. And that's a a great place to be where you're not bright-eyed and staring at your surroundings more than you are focused on what you're job at hand is I think Georgia has a decided advantage in this game that doesn't mean that I'm guaranteeing they're going to win by a million points or anything like that but I do believe that Georgia is a favorite here for a reason but there's a part of me that wants to consider every alternative just because of the stakes of the game after all this is for a national championship and it's for kind of a historic national championship for Georgia in a lot of ways so help me kind of unearth the other part of this when you look at TCU what do you think makes them dangerous in a game like this Well, they're relentless. I mean, you watch the way they played games all year long, and they would get behind and find ways to crawl and claw back into these games. They've got tremendous playmakers, and they, you know, Coach Dykes will talk about it. They believe in one another. They don't have that quit attitude, and 
if you're looking for a recipe for Georgia, I think you watch that Michigan game and say, that's exactly what we don't want to do. We don't want to go out there and give two pick sixes and get stoned on the goal line twice um, and give TCU those opportunities because they're an opportunistic team. You give them those kind of uh, advantages and they're going to make you pay for it. With Duggan, he's a playmaker. You, you watch the film and he's the one who jumps out at you first. They're good wide receiver, good running back. They've got other playmakers, but really it, it rises and falls with, with Duggan. And he's able to do that uh, not only through the air, but when he runs the ball, he's a very effective runner. I think you and I have talked about this before, but I'm curious. I was in SoFi Stadium on uh, Saturday evening, got a chance to sort of see the lay of the land there, and it's a different-looking ballpark. It really is. You could kind of feel some of the open-air stuff. It's a covered stadium, but not completely enclosed like a dome is. It's kind of a mixture of inside, outside. It's the kind of thing that the Southern California climate allows you the chance to do. As a player yourself, I know Jake Fromm, who – obviously quarterback maybe it matters more to him uh he said that the stadium does matter and he would be looking around to see you know exactly what he was kind of getting acquainted with when he walked into the stadium for the first time how much the rest of these georgia players maybe the nine quarterbacks john how much does the stadium the fact they haven't played here before the fact that it looks a little bit different it's obviously a awe-inspiring structure from the outside it's gigantic it takes up seems like half the county in terms of its overall size and mass how much is there two playing in a stadium for the very first time? Yeah, for the big bodies, for the folks that don't touch the ball, it is. <laughs> there's not much difference. You know, you go out there and you look around, but at the end of the day, it, 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 I'm not worried about my field of vision when a ball's coming to me the way a defensive back or a wide receiver is. And I think that's where you, you start to get uh, some of the effects of the stadium. Obviously, the playing surface matters, but that certainly isn't a concern uh, for this game. And uh, ultimately, for I would say 80% of the players on that field, it matters very little. And you're really, uh, if I'm being candid, you care more about where can I watch the replays between snaps so that uh, I can see, you know, what happened that last play. But outside of receivers and quarterbacks uh, trying to pick up the ball and uh, be able to see down the field that the surrounding stadium is is very little impact for the actual game for, for most of the guys out there. I want to ask you about the Georgia kind of game plan for victory here coming up in a moment. I also want to remind folks that we're here in L.A., but when we're back home, we love Marlowe's Tavern, the great chef-inspired food, the craft cocktails that make it famous. And, of course, John Stinchcomb, our Marlowe's Tavern insider update. We're happy to have him as a part of our show and happy to have Marlowe's Tavern as a part of that as well. So with our friends at Marlowe's right now, don't forget, you can't be a dog nation insider the way that John Stinchcomb is, but you can be a Marlowe's Tavern insider. When you go to Marlowe'sTavern.com, you can join their insiders club. You're going to get a big benefit just for joining. Then after that, you're going to earn qualified visits, and those qualified visits add up, and eventually you're going to get a great reward to be used on entree and uh, f fun stuff there too. Terrific incentive for you being a uh, regular at the uh, Marlowe's Tavern, including the one right there in your neighborhood. So go by Marlowe'sTavern.com, and you can sign up or stop by the tavern right there in your neighborhood, and they'll get you covered on all that. Become a member of the Marlowe's Tavern Insider Club and enjoy great benefits when you do what you already love to do, which is enjoying the great chef-inspired food and those craft cocktails uh, with our friends there at Marlowe's Tavern. So, John, 
we'll count this as kind of a bowl game, even though it isn't really officially a bowl game. It's a part of the college ball postseason. And we do see a little bit of a difference in the terms of how the postseason's played out in recent years compared to the regular season where, think about favorites and underdogs. What we've seen is, is that the underdogs have had a little more of a chance to actually just win these games outright. In other words, You've had either favorites winning games easily, it seems, at a higher rate than they do during the regular season. But if they don't cover that spread easily, oftentimes in these bowl games, they'll just flat out lose the game outright. There's been some data that's kind of pointing that direction. And I think that could be a little bit of a harbinger for this game for Georgia. To me, John, this is about coming out, establish yourself, set yourself up for the kind of easy win that we've been used to seeing Georgia get. But if you allow TCU to hang around, knowing they are 6-1 and one thus far this year in one-score uh, one games, as you said before, they've been relentless in terms of getting the defensive score when needed or coming from behind when needed, that if you give them a chance to stay within arm's reach or find a way to believe, then they can really make you pay for allowing them to stay in the game. In other words, I think the responsibility for Georgia is to come out swinging hard from the very beginning and really establish the tone from this game pretty early. How about for you? How would you love to see this game play out tonight? Well, I think unlike last week, this game has an opportunity to kind of get away from your opponent. I think Georgia is capable of extending leads and pulling away from TCU in ways that they probably realistically didn't see playing out against Ohio State. I, I'm not trying to throw shade at TCU. There's a reason why they're in the national championship game, but I don't think they have the roster that Georgia or Ohio State does. So when you, when you look at this game, uh, again, you use the cautionary tale of what happened for Michigan in that you know, they, they wanted to come out and bury it early and started pressing. And all of a sudden, uh, instead of extending leads, you've given them opportunities and allowed uh, TCU to score on turnovers and uh, you get stoned in the goal line. And that changed the, the entire landscape of what Michigan hoped to do. And for Georgia, they want to go in and avoid those uh, costly mistakes, but yet uh, – execute on those opportunities and I do think that they can get an early lead against TCU and uh, kind of salt the game away in that second half but TCU has proven that you, you got to play the entire time and they're they're not a uh, quitting team so even when you do get that lead you can't rest and say this game is over before that last click of the clock uh, finally dings and I don't expect that from Georgia. It, nothing based on their performance this year would indicate that that's how they're made up. And um, I, it should be and could be one of those opportunities where Georgia comes out and punches the opponent in the face a couple times and uh, then continues to walk the game away. And uh, that's a very real, realistic opportunity for them uh, against TCU this and i'm not super comfortable even having this conversation but i don't believe we're preparing the proper context of the game if we don't at least mention it john how much are you allowing yourself to consider the historic significance of what it would mean if this team is able to win back-to-back -back national championships first time in the playoff era we call it go for two and 22 you know hasn't happened in college ball at all since 2011 2012 that was obviously a team that kirby smart was the defensive coordinator for at alabama john this is beyond rarefied air to think of where the Georgia program could be after 60 more minutes of football. How much are you even willing to kind of process that right now before it's even happened? Well, I am because I have no weight bearing on, on what the outcome of the game is going to be. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's 
tremendous. I mean, you look at the historical relevance of not only winning back-to-back and recognizing how rare it is, but also recognizing where Georgia is poised to be over the next few years. And that's a, a testament to the organization and uh, to Coach Smart and his ability to build and where Georgia came from when he first took over the program. The expectation was we're going to move from a 10-win annual season to competing for championships on an annual basis. And that's where we find ourselves. And you have to take care of business. You have to win this game for this discussion to even be relevant. But I I think it very much is at play. You're looking at historic uh, impacts, historical impacts for this program and and relevance uh, and a much larger scale because very few teams have been able to do it back-to-back. And Georgia's in a situation where – you take care of business today and you're going, how many of these do you think that they can string along? No, it's fantastic to think about. John, I know you got a lot of fun stuff going on, so the fact that you would step away and speak to us for a minute means the world to us. Hope you and your family have a great time here in L.A. Hope all the dogs who are here are enjoying themselves. And, John, the next time you and I speak, I hope we are talking about, indeed, a back-to-back national championship, one of the great stories in college football history of how it all came to be. John, enjoy the game. Enjoy Los Angeles. And we'll talk to you again here soon as part of our Marlowe's Tavern Insider Update. Thanks, B.A. Hope all the dogs enjoy the game. Go dogs. So great stuff with John Stinchcomb. It's our Marlowe's Tavern Insider Update with him. Always love John's insight on, on stuff like this. And I had to tell you, it's so much fun to watch the way in which former players, and John's really more than that. He's on the athletic board. I mean, he's, he's deeply entrenched in Georgia culture, but there are a lot of f- former lettermen here all across Los Angeles, and they're soaking it up. They're enjoying it. They're, they're, they're proud of what Georgia has come to mean in the years after they've left. We're going to see so many of those in and around the stadium over the course of uh, today. I know Jamar Salyer is over here you know, a couple of days ago. Obviously, he's playing for the Chargers. This is his home now. SoFi Stadium is the place he plays all of his home games. And I know he was welcoming Georgia to his kind of new home here in L.A. And so a lot of these former NFL dogs, a lot of these you know, former players are obviously taking great pride into what Georgia is doing right now. It's great to hear John Stinchcomb break all that down. We're kind of a sort of special edition of Dog Nation Daily presented by Pella Window Indoor of Georgia. We're in Los Angeles. If you're watching in video, you can see the lights that had gone off have come back on. It's still a little bit dark. The nice truth is, like, the sun is only just now starting to come up a little bit. It's been pouring down rain. So, uh, you know... <laughs> Good lighting, not easy to find uh, on a day like this, but we're having a great time. And frankly, a little softer, darker light probably benefits me there as well. I was looking at myself during the break. It's like, oh, boy, I look rough. I look rough. It's early here, I, and I've been up way early trying to get ready for the show today. So try to keep my sort of normal routine to, to deliver this show for you. And uh, I am not at my uh, most pristine best in terms of uh, my, uh, my appearance, but I feel great. Who around Dog Nation wouldn't be feeling great on a day like this, knowing what Georgia has a chance to do a little bit later on? And I want to kind of share some final thoughts with you on that from me, and then we'll roll into an R.S. Andrews cool down after that. I do like Georgia here, and I like them kind of a lot. And as we said off the top of the show, the way in which Georgia has earned its 14 wins, I think gives it confidence for the way that it plays tonight. I gave you some of these numbers one day last week on Dog Nation Daily. You know, 
underdogs kind of in that realm of where TCU is right now, they win historically in college football about 19% of the time. So you have to be on guard for something weird happening. We've seen underdogs performing better in postseason games than we typically do in the regular season now for a couple of years. So you're kind of on guard for just about anything there on that. But what I think the recipe is for Georgia tonight, this afternoon if you're in L.A., but tonight uh, if you're back home in Georgia, the recipe is to make this look like a Georgia football game. That's something the LSU-SEC championship didn't really do. It's 50 to 30. That's 80 total points. They didn't quite feel like Georgia football. Uh, last week in the Peach Bowl, that's what, 85 total points, something along that, at least approaching 85 uh, total points there, in excess of 80 points, I should say. That certainly doesn't feel like Georgia football. And it was a thrilling game, one of the most exciting we've ever seen Georgia play. And yet, I think the recipe tonight is something decidedly less exciting. Now, some Georgia fans will say, well, good. I don't want anything uh, as heart-stopping and as uh, wild and crazy as that Peach Bowl was. And I understand where you're coming from. But I almost mean this from a different standpoint. I almost mean this from the standpoint that the, that the most likely path to victory for Georgia is to get back to looking more like what the Tennessee game would have looked like or last year's national championship game might have looked like. One of those things in which you know, Georgia's making the, the offensive moves when needed. It's getting those big drives to, to, you know, to give itself the points that it needs to win the game. But it's also doing so in a way that allows its defense to become just as big a part of the story. I think if you watch the SEC championship and you watch the Peach Bowl, you see Georgia playing games that are a little bit more commonly associated with a lot of other teams around the country. Well, I think it stands as a reminder of exactly why it is that Georgia typically doesn't play games like that. So if you care about point totals and things like that, the over-under, the added score of both teams in a game like this, the experts are calling for this to be a high-scoring game again, much the same way the Peach Bowl was predicted to be, and then even higher scoring than that. I believe the total here is set somewhere around 62 or 63 points. And what I'm going to tell you is, is if you're a Georgia fan and all you really care about is Georgia winning the game, that feels like a lot of points to feel very, very confident that Georgia is getting the kind of game it wants that leads to victory here. I think a much safer path for Georgia is, frankly, a much lower scoring game. And it's hard to shut down TCU and keep them to a low total because they've obviously scored points against most of the teams they've played. They're averaging more than 41 points per game. Texas, though, did have some success doing that. You know, TCU hasn't scored a million points against everybody. And so for Georgia defense, and you talk to those guys, and we did on Saturday, this Georgia defense is motivated to go out there and uh, be better this time around than maybe they were the last couple of – or at least game and a half, let's say. They're motivated to do that, but it's also a pretty important path towards victory there for these dogs too. I'll also give you another note. I don't have this to show you, but I will uh, give you a uh, – Another note here just for a moment. So uh, Stephen Lawson, who's one of our regular commenters, he's won Golden Shoes, and uh, we see him in our comment section. He shared this with me yesterday. So I guess there is reporting out there that Stetson Bennett has gotten the original Stequavius fade, or at least he was in the process of getting that. We'll confirm that on the, uh, on the field later on today. There had been some talk about this prior to the Tennessee game, I think it was. And it turns out that was fake news, that he really didn't get the haircut. It was just some old picture that got shared around. People thought it was new. In this particular case, the thing that Steven shared with me, and I don't have to show it to you, he was wearing, um, what do you call those things that the barber covers you up with? It said national championship on it. So I'm led to believe, unless that's 
a very, very effective Photoshop deal. I'm led to believe that maybe Bennett truly has gotten the haircut. Some of you are like, what in the world are you talking about? Uh, at the beginning of the season, that's what kind of sort of started the whole, you know, like phenomenon of, you know, had Stetson got the very closely cropped haircut, had the big game to begin the year, and that sort of became kind of his sort of Samson and reverse superpower, I guess. Well, it appears that Bennett may be getting that haircut again to get ready for the uh, the game here tonight. So we'll, we'll give you some more uh, information on that when we have it, but at least on the basis of social media uh, that indeed uh, seemed to be the case so we're obviously having a great time we're looking forward to a full day's worth of coverage so you got to understand this I had somebody actually reach out a minute ago like what are y'all doing on video today so this is essentially a combination of a normal day dog nation daily plus a game day so in a couple of minutes uh, once this show is done I'm going to go shower and shave clean up a little bit and then we're going to get ready to get over to the stadium we're going to have regular Kroger kickoff pregame coverage we're going to have, obviously, Dog Nation uh, post-game show presented by the UGA Bookstore down on the field once the game is done tonight. So we're all over on that for you. Uh, whatever happens around L.A. today, around the stadium, we'll try to show you that. I may try to get a couple of videos, like, say, the tailgating scene, just sort of give you an idea because that's been talked about. We'll see if we can kind of give you some sort of indication of that. Uh, we're watching the weather a little bit, not for the game itself, but kind of getting back to and fro uh, from SoFi could be a little bit of a challenge if they get as much rain as has been you know, kind of predicted. Uh, so we're watching all of that and getting ready. So as you're enjoying Dog Nation Daily, part of this national championship, uh, within the next couple of hours, we'll kind of transition to a regular kind of game day environment. Kroger kickoff pregame inside SoFi Stadium, uh, coverage throughout the game, and then, of course, the Dog Nation postgame show immediately after that where, oh, my gosh, can you believe this? We might be celebrating a back-to-back -back national championship here for these Georgia Bulldogs. Man, go for two in 22. We started talking about it months ago. It was kind of a wild dream, and a lot of folks probably even laughed at the notion of it. You heard uh, Stetson Bennett say that in the video package we ran for you, for you at the beginning of the show. A lot of people, <laughs> Stetson was calling you out. A lot of people act like they didn't uh, uh, say that, but yeah, Stetson's got the receipts, apparently, of a lot of folks who maybe weren't believers when the year began. But Georgia has made believers of everyone as this season's played out, and there's one more big game to go. And ultimately, dog fans will take it however they can get it. High scoring, low scoring, whatever in between. You have your thoughts about, you know, kind of what the best path towards victory is. But ultimately, it's just simply a matter of going out there and getting it done, bringing home that national championship. And I'll say to all of you, thanks so much for allowing me to be a part of it with you. So the stuff that we've done here this weekend, obviously Dog Nation Daily, it is a great, great privilege to be able to do this. And I am so excited about what this next couple of days could be like if Georgia can get this win, if Georgia can bring it home, and then uh, to see the celebration unfold. I asked Connor Riley this yesterday. We'll get ready to wrap up after this. I asked Connor Riley this yesterday. So if Georgia were to win, and you, obviously you don't want to think too much beyond just trying to get it done, but we're you know, just having a conversation. We can, we can do this for a minute. Will the celebration be less than it was last year? Because after all, you've done this now. Will it be the same as it was last year? Because, well, a national championship is a national championship, and therefore you always celebrate that. Or is there a chance that this year's national championship might be celebrated even more than last year's national championship. And I have a sneaking suspicion it might be the last of those choices. I have a sneaking suspicion that the celebration that could happen in L.A. tonight, if Georgia wins, could actually be unparalleled to anything, even comparing it 
to the crazy, wild celebration in Indianapolis last year because it's simply a matter of compounding history. Last year, Georgia broke through. This year, Georgia is going to a higher plane if it can win. It's following up a national championship with a 15-0 perfect second national championship. That's what go for two and 22 is about. So keep a good thought. 60 minutes of football, a lot of hard work. TCU's not going to lay down uh, without a fight. They're going to bring it to Georgia, but we've seen enough from these Georgia Bulldogs to know they're going to bring the fight right back. So that is just a really, really fun thing to be able to do. Also, typically speaking, we do our SEC through. We don't quite have a normal SEC through today. So let me just kind of do what I normally do, which is give a quick shout out to my friends at Royal Caribbean. We're normally cruising around the SEC today. We're for the most part, we're just sort of floating around LA. So a uh, big shout out to our folks over there. Obviously, last year's second ever cruise with Dog Nation in April turned into kind of a celebration of having been a part of the ride as Georgia won the national championship. And we certainly hope this year's cruise is much the same way. The final night of our cruise is April 24th through the 28th. The final night of our cruise is the NFL draft the first round. Last year with this huge draft party, we watched all those dogs get their name called. This year we'd love to do that for another crop of dogs here uh, this season. Obviously Jalen Carter kind of topping that list and whoever else uh, is kind of in the mix on that. So it is going to be a great time. And the time is now. We're in January. We're only really a few weeks away from this cruise taking place. Uh, a couple of months, uh, you know, for sure at the most. So it's time now to get locked in, get get booked up, be ready to be a part of it. So I'm going to invite you to do just that. Uh, if you look on the screen, you'll see Jessica Slater, great travel agent. Um, she's got RoyalDogs.com. That's a website that she's put together that provides information on the second ever cruise with Dog Nation. You also see the phone number. You can give a call to her. You can talk to her not just about the Dog Nation cruise, but any other Royal Caribbean cruise vacation you might want to take uh, here this year. I've got one coming up in February. Uh, looking forward to that. You better believe so uh she's gonna be able to hook you up and help you out and take care of you on all of that so talk to jessica we want to see you on board independence of the seas with us april 24th to the 28th going out of port canaveral going to perfect day coco Cay, going to nassau on the bahamas and to make it the most fun it can possibly be we need you on board there as well so we hope to be able to do that with you all right so as we get ready to wrap up and say goodbye today we have a great collection of golden shoes and i want to uh, show a couple of these I, I honestly i wish i could have gotten all of them in from the uh, folks who sent them over here just because uh, there just were so many good ones and you want to kind of create that great vibe uh going into the game here tonight we had a great collection on friday there as well but we'll do a few of these here right now including i want to give a shout out here to our first one it comes from a big o who shares a very funny meme of a bama fan an ohio state fan talking to each other uh and uh, the 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 girl says to the guy you see you just blame the loss on the injured receivers and the cheating refs and you're all good yeah certainly those these ohio state fans seem like they're taking a page from the bama fans there on that and he gives you the hashtag golden shoe hashtag go for two and 22 big o that is good stuff and certainly we've seen plenty of that in the ohio state fans here of the course these last couple of days how about dina pruitt she checks in this is the kind of a pre-game tailgate party i like to see she says ready for tomorrow night hbtfd go dogs and then go for two and 22 and she's got the finished long drink with the hbtfd glasses there to pour it into dina that sounds like a party and uh, they may be trying to ban tailgating here in la but it sounds like you're not going to be stopped wherever you are from enjoying yourself and we need you at full tilt for this game on monday night so you have a very good time with all that and of course hope you enjoy that finished long drink as you do and then finally bill sanders uh writes in to say either you're elite or you're not 
Go dogs, go for two in 22. Bill, that is so well said. And the one thing that we've learned about this Georgia team over the course of these last two years is this is a team that truly is elite. And they have met every challenge that's come their way. And now the challenge tonight isn't a name. It isn't TCU. It isn't Sonny Dykes. It isn't Max Duggan. It isn't Quentin Johnston. It's, it's the challenge of an entire schedule, 14 up, 14 down thus far, with one more left to go. That's the real challenge for Georgia, navigating what has been an incredible set of circumstances to, to lead to this moment with one more step in that mission still yet to come. Elite team finishing it off this way, no one could question that if it does truly work out to be 15-0, back-to-back national champions, if it really is a go-for-two in 22 season. Bill, that is very well said. Now, lousy, stinking Gators, they've got no such celebrations to enjoy. They've got no such excitement to look forward to, and they've got even more bad news coming their way 292 days from right now. Yeah, we're basking the glow of playing for a national championship. we got big things on deck, but we still got a little bit of time to make fun of those lousy, stinking Gators because that's what we do around here. We believe a good Georgia fan's a Gator hater first and foremost. We'll see them in Jacksonville, but for tonight, the business is here in L.A. Get ready for it. we got a great day's worth of coverage. Stay close to Dog Nation, and then hopefully tomorrow, right back here in the same time, bleary-eyed, messy hair, no telling what else looking, uh, we'll come back here and we'll celebrate, we hope, that national championship here for these Georgia Bulldogs. Enjoy the day. Get through your work schedule, and then we'll see you later on this afternoon and evening for game day coverage right here on Dog Nation. Have a great day, everybody.